0: The Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net.
1: Hey everybody, it's time for another installment of the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. I think it's the first time I've ever said that without stuttering my words. I'm pretty impressed with myself. Tim Danger here. Thank you, pal. Thank you. Excited for another awesome show. A lot going on here. Starting with... Sean Mackey! Oh, faked you guys out. Faked
0: hey! Out. Oh! Oh, something different. Hey Tim.
1: How are you?
2: Good. Good.
1: And Alex, you know I would never forget about your introduction, of course, Mr. Alex Friggin Derrickson. Hi Tim. Hey pal. <laughs> hey. How are you?
2: I'm good. I wanna quick real quick. I do have I do have an issue. I need to just get off my chest real fast, if that's cool.
1: Yeah.
2: Cool. Okay. The the bar up the street from my house. I'm confused. I'm confused by this. The bar up the street from my house that also doubles as an organic farmer's market and a cafe has decided to partake in Friday evening drum circles.
1: What?
2: I love so it. So, I... It raises the question... Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. You know, man. it's 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 funny. I saw the big... the. I'd never seen a drum circle before I went to um, Asheville, North Carolina a few years ago with <laughs> my, my fiancé, and we went – we were just kind of strolling through their downtown area, and there was all these people congregating in, like, the town square, and this dr- all these drums started beating, and we just just kind of casually walked into a gigantic <coughs> – drum circle and as we walked out and started walking down the street a giant truck with a bunch of good old boys with confederate flags were driving into that circle as we were leaving
2: (laughs) (laughs) all this story is missing is this like a 10 foot tall walking tree person
1: (laughs) oh my god that's so true so that you guys ready to talk some basketball Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so normally we'll start with some nba hardwood stuff obviously but this week um we're gonna touch on some rumors going around nothing has been confirmed uh but there's some reports of some nba media changes going on some line of transition so if you follow the nba and you have a social media account you know all about woge and the vertical which is an awesome NBA website. They have great podcasts. J.J. Reddick does a podcast for them. Chris Mannix does a podcast for them. Woj does his podcast he does every week where he gets awesome guests. He just recently had Isaiah Thomas on. So now, after less than a year of the vertical being out, and it really started to be like, really pick up a lot of steam very fast uh, since it's backed by Yahoo and all, there are reports out coming from Deadspin that Woj might be leaving the vertical already to go join the empire up north, the mothership known as ESPN, which is You know, they really like the NBA. They talk about it all the time on there. You know, if you're, like, the Golden State Warriors or LeBron James, they talk about the NBA all the time. That's about it. Oh, and the Knicks, because why not talk about the Knicks who are trash? But they like to talk a lot about that. So, um, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, one, first off, before we get to this, cool for Woj. Like, to be working for the top sports media place in the world, way to go, man. You deserved it. You've been awesome. Like, the Vertical on draft night had, their, had the picks in before the league did on ESPN. So imagine when you have those forces joined together where he has all that stuff before ESPN gets it. Um, but two, I'm kind of heartbroken, man. It's kind of like like I love the Vertical. I listen to the podcast every week, so I know they'll probably still put them on ESPN's app. Um, but, the, you know, I, I enjoy their articles. I enjoy everything they do. And I know it'll still stick on when he, as he leaves. But Sean, to be honest with you, I'm really bummed but i think now i'll probably be easier to not be fooled by fake tweets
0: yeah um i don't know man it, it, <laughs> like i i love woj i i've i he's he's a fantastic he's the best nba writer 100% he's also he's also the best uh he's the best insider with any media period and he has like you said he has deliberately went out on draft night and Seconds before picks come in, tweeted out who is going to be drafted. That's probably not going to happen now. If this happens, um,
2: oh, the draft just got way more boring.
0: Yeah, it did. And uh, and on top of that, I I don't even know if they'll make him part of that 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 broadcast. To be completely honest with you, because he really doesn't he doesn't he's not really a draft insider. That is. It's Jay Billis and Chad Ford's baby. Mm-hmm. So like I I don't even know if they put him in there. Which you know and I everything he's done. Like when I when I started really getting back into basketball, uh, what year was it, Alex? Maybe like two thousand three, two thousand four. The Bulls st- when they got Ben Gordon it was around there, the yeah, yeah, it's about then I started reading yeah. and 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 Woj was he really started to just kill it then for Yahoo and like I. Yahoo has no legitimacy at all besides Woj, right? Until he got there, because I mean, it's it's Yahoo, and I've always respected the fact that he has he hasn't left, and uh, and over the last year year and a half, he started a podcast and it's done very well. Um, he's one of those guys who's going to do well wherever he goes. Um, but he has really kind of stuck it to ESPN the last few years, and I've loved it. But I mean, they've got to be throwing just just bags and bags of cash at him at this point for him to leave, because I, you know, I just, I don't know. It's it's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird not having him on Yahoo anymore. If that I mean,
2: true. <laughs> if you're ESPN, I mean, just from, like, a their standpoint, you know your media outlet's been trouble when Rick Bucher leaves you for Bleacher Report. Right. 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 Yeah.
0: And, you know, I, I like Rick. I, I thought he, he, and I, I, Ever since he's left there, I've I've kind of there's not that many writers besides Bryant Winhurst that I actually like. Yeah, that write for ESPN. He's probably the most legitimate writer that that I trust on ESPN right now, and uh, he has got a book coming out very soon about the uh, about the uh, Cavs' recent championship. So I, I actually I'm thinking about buying it because I, I kind of want to read it. <laughs> yeah, but I'll um, like I I. This is a huge get for ESPN if it's true. I, I imagine it probably is. If if rumors are circulating, I I I kind of hope that like Yahoo swoops in and throws more money at him, <laughs> just so he won't leave. Because I just I I love him. I love him being there. Because you know, and it's it's funny. Like I was, you know, we were talking about it in group chat a little while ago. Like. A lot of the guys who wrote for Balls Don't Lie, which is Yahoo's main uh, basketball blog, they all left uh, there for NBA TV, and they're all on the starters now. Yeah. And, you know, they have solid gigs on there. So um, Yahoo's kind of been, you know, training ground for bigger things for a lot of these guys.
1: My favorite thing that I'm going to, like, see is because, you know, Magic Johnson's back with ESPN. And I don't know if people know this or not, but if you, like, follow Magic Johnson on Twitter, it is amazing. Not because oh, he's very insightful. Not because it's, like, <laughs> like, it's so, like, obviously tweet stuff that you're, like, why would he even, like, he took, like, two seconds <laughs> of his know. day to be, like, guys, I'm so excited to be here. So if Woj signs with ESPN, I can't wait for NBA Nation. I'm so excited for Woj to be on our team. And two seconds later, NBA Nation. I'm working with Woj. We're going to be a great tandem. And then two seconds later, Laker Nation, don't worry, we're going to be fine. We're a superstar away from competing with the Warriors. Like, this is like... So Magic Johnson, with these awesome tweets, now working with Woj, I can't wait for this magic. No pun intended.
0: The stuff that Harrison Fagan retweeted a few weeks ago was just brilliant. He found every one of Magic Johnson's best tweets, and he did it for like an hour. He just kept retweeting obvious Magic Johnson posts. LeBron is a great basketball player, you know, stuff like that. I mean, Dwayne Wade not... is a Hall of Famer, <laughs> and you know what? I I uh, you know I I. <laughs> i love magic johnson I'm i do cool. he's he's the best point guard of all time so you know but it, he's just so funny
1: i got an idea for an episode what do you guys say we like let's do this weekly we're, we're going behind the curtain on the quarter three here weekly we need to find our top magic johnson tweets and read them off as a segment every week
2: we should we should sure
1: alex, we can, alex? Call it
2: this, we can call it this magic moment
1: <laughs> yes sorry 30 for 30 they can deal yeah, they'll deal. They have, they have enough money. And they took it off Netflix, man. There's no 30 for 30 on Netflix anymore. I'm so pissed about that. That's a bummer.
2: Yeah,
1: because this magic moment is, like, awesome. Granted, I'm biased because we all know I love Penny Hardaway. But, anyway.
2: But are you without bias? <laughs> it's the 30 for 30 for live by I idea. remember. You know there I remember. Okay. Yeah,
1: I got you. I picked up what you put down. They're supposed to do a Magic and Larry one. All right, one cool. Too. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, I guess with that being said... Wherever Woj goes, I'm sure we'll follow, but I know ESPN really needed this since Bill Simmons left, um, or whatever that was, depending who you talk to. Um, So, guys, let's move on to some NBA hardwood news, of course. Um, Let's start with some awesome news. The 10-day contract success lives on, as the Dallas Mavericks guard Yogi Ferrell, who last week did work against the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Portland Trailblazers, now has a two-year guaranteed contract with the Mavs, Mark Cuban makes a nice move there The Mavs have been a struggling team this year Really starting to get a little hot there at the end um, And Yogi's played great And Yogi's totally earned this He had a 10 day contract earlier I believe with Brooklyn So now he has a place to stay So Alex <laughs> big ups to Yogi Farrell. I know like my friends that are Indiana fans Are like so stoked about this They're just talking about how great he is And I can't believe it took him this long to, make, to, get, to be, get a landing spot
2: Fucking Brooklyn man What are they doing They're Brooklyn it's it's comical at this point. It's like when I read that he was like had a short term deal with Brooklyn at one point. I'm like, this all makes sense. Find success somewhere else, but no, good for him. Uh, he played really well. Got that extra two year. Get the two year deal, and that's exciting. I don't know if it's going to be one of those situations where it's like a Jeremy Lin kind of situation where you can ride that hot and then he might just fizzle out or kind of like, you know, find his like median average or whatever. But we'll see. I don't, I kind of feel like it may have been a bit advantageous of the Mavericks to do that, but uh, it might be too much too soon. I think a second 10 day would have probably been a good idea. But, no. Always, always like hearing players get get work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is a kind of like the Mavericks are kind of in that, like, need to make some moves to make things happen. Right. Um, you could just, one, like, I don't know how you guys feel personally. I don't know if we've ever really had this conversation. But I'm a fan of Rick Carlisle. I like the way he coaches. Um, sure. I thought he's done a great job. There. Obviously, he has a championship. I really appreciated last week when he said, we talked about the Mavericks. He said, we're a shit team, but we're an underrated shit team. That's, like, one of my favorite quotes ever from us. from That's such a
2: Rick Carlisle group. quote.
1: Um, and, it uh, is. And then, um, so... You know they they bring Harrison Barnes in who like, I joked about that pick but it's actually been a nice pickup for them. Uh, Wesley Matthews has played well for them. Uh, Like we've talked about this probably a few months ago. This is probably the end of Dirk. uh, Obviously, and he just signed that deal with Dallas. And so I'm I you know I think that I don't know if we're at the point where I'm going to say like Yogi's gonna be a big part of the Mavs plans by any stretch of the matter. But I'm excited to see if he can build like they can build this young core. With guys like him and Harrison Barnes, and maybe make some things happen for the Mavs.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we've joked about it and referenced it as Dallas AD and everything. But I, I think it's at this point, especially in like Mark Cuban's tenure and stuff like that, where you're transitioning generations, and so you're kind of like in this in between phase where you've got to build. You know, a, you've got you really don't have anyone to build around right, right now outside of Harrison Barnes and maybe Yogi right now. And so I think it's going to be a lot of like trial and error here on out with Dallas until they get settled back in in probably a couple seasons.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, a couple lottery picks get in there. I mean, they had a good stretch there for a bit. Like, that Portland game was insane. At one point, they were up like 28. I turned it off. And the next morning, I see Yogi Ferrell had a game-winning three when it's like really close, like with the minute to go. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Yeah. But... Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, I definitely see, glad to see Yogi doing big things. And we had a trade last week, Sean. So um, the Milwaukee Bucks get rid of Miles Plumley. Uh, they got him out of there because he's had a he has not played well there this year. And uh, in return, they get Spencer Hall's, who actually was doing pretty well for Charlotte. So I'm glad to see him. You know, get be uh, good there. And of course, you know, what's an NBA trade anymore without Roy Hibbert? Am I right? You know. <laughs> so. They got two centers for the price of one to go to Milwaukee. Um, I think Roy Hibbert's going to be a nice bench piece for them. I know that they're trying to make a run to get into that discussion because they are in the East, and they can really make it. They do have a chance of making the playoffs there. But I like this move, I think, more honestly for – because of the three, I mean, you could obviously say Halls is the best player. So I like that Halls is going to get a chance to go compete. But I do like what Charlotte did – and I think that um, I mean, I mean, if no halls went over that, I'm sorry, I got the teams fixed up for a second. But I, I like the move. Honestly, I think that it's a trade. It's a good trade for both teams, and it's a nice way for Charlotte to dump some salary as well.
0: Yeah, um, kind of a. It it might be one of those deals that kind of goes under the radar. You know, after you know, at the end of the season, we might look back at it. Um, Charlotte's competing. They're gonna they're gonna be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Spencer Hall's uh not as good as he was, you know, three, four years ago. Same thing with Roy Hibbert, man, that guy was he had a <sighs> max deal he had a max deal four years ago yeah. that the Indiana Pacers had to match from the Portland Blazers. <laughs> I mean, what was a game
1: there was a game he had he played like twenty eight minutes, he had zero points and zero rebounds.
0: No, I don't, but now I do and that's sad. He's so he's so tall like you would think that like a rebound would just fall into his big hands. But no, that's Roy though. I love Roy. I do too. He's uh he's uh, you know, I, I I loved hating him for like two solid seasons. He uh he's one of those guys who who played really hard. And uh I, it's it there's a serious big man glut now in Milwaukee. I know. <laughs> like, like, they have they have a – but, and I don't think it fits their – uh really know if it fits their style of play with, with you know, Jason Kidd and everything. But uh, they got Greg Monroe there and Roy Hibbard. I mean, uh, what are they doing?
1: I don't know. I
0: don't know either. I just – I don't know. Like, they're – and – it, they're both so they're both old school centers, very standard uh, they don't move real fast or anything. They've got uh, very standard skill sets uh, they're just kind of good around the basket. They don't have much range um, pretty good rebounders, obviously, but i I don't really know how that helps them. I mean miles is you know for Charlotte I mean he's got some mobility. I can see him helping out a little bit, you know. So, for what they're trying to do, but who knows? Who knows?
2: I hope in, like, a week Jason Kidd just comes out and holds a press conference and he's like, I want to announce a new style of play for the Bucks. You guys have heard of small ball, well, we're going to play big ball. And just rolls out <laughs> five centers.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, just, just a few years ago, uh, they had the longest team in in, in NBA length with Michael Carter Williams and Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton and Larry Sanders and like all of that you know I mean it was uh they had this team that was just just
2: really really
0: long and
2: you stack them all in front of each other and it's like that check your wingspan sign at the zoo yeah exactly (laughs) so uh yeah I I don't know
1: my favorite tweet in regards to the whole trade was uh, Nick Whalen from Rotowire. He's the NBA editor there. He tweeted after the trade, and I quote, Roy Hibbert hasn't been the same since Entertainment 720 folded. <laughs> Anytime so somebody Parks uses a parts and rec. rec reference, I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, that's because he, yeah, he was the guy that, like, they had strip on the wall. They hired Roy Hibbert to grab strip off the wall for... Him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They made really good use of uh, of of in, Indiana athletes. I agree. Show. And, and the stuff they did with the Pacers guys, Detlef Shrimp especially, was just <laughs> was just fantastic. They it they perfect. did that perfect.
1: I agree completely. So Alex, I know you're the most pumped about this news because we're gonna bring a Tibbs and B Lance Stevenson and together. So, Lance Stevenson has t- uh, 10 days to make the best out of his Tibbs dust.
2: Oh, I am excited. I love that combination. I can't believe that Lance Stevenson wasn't playing. I kind of just forgot. <laughs> well,
0: at yeah. but... the beginning of the season, like, nobody would sign him. Yeah, right? he's I'm in NOLA like...
1: for, like, five games. Yeah, and, like,
0: I've never seen someone's career just...
2: Yeah, I, uh... I'm excited. I like the idea of him in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I hope he kind of fills the hole that they're going to have with Levine being out the rest of the season. Rest in peace. But uh,
0: talk about that in a minute.
2: Yeah, we will. Uh, But no, it'll it'll be interesting. I hope he gets some playing time. I I hope Tibbs uses him because I think that if there's still a little bit uh, of old school Lance left in him, I think Tibbs can drag it out. I agree. Uh, so, it'll be cool. I'm excited. Good things are happening in Minnesota, regardless of what the win-loss record shows.
1: I 100% agree. And, uh, and I, I think a lot of people did expect this team to kind of make it run the Western Conference playoffs immediately. And I was not one of those people. I, I expected them to be improving, and they are definitely improving. And they do a lot of really good things, and they have a lot of young talent. So, But I knew with Tibbs, it was a, such a process, especially going from where they were before he got there. And you know they gotta make they gotta get some picks in. Chris Dunn really hasn't even like started a chance to really hit the floor consistently and like play a lot of minutes. So they're still getting this young core together. But if you look at the I mean, and I think that Lance can really fit what they're trying to do. Especially we know the Tibbs being Bulls fans and play you know those those goals to those Bulls passage Alex puts it. We know the Tibbs is all about his defense, and Lance is a guy that's all about defense. And you know I think he. He played really well in those Pacers series when they were in the playoffs going against Miami and those teams. So, yeah, uh, I'm trying to bring him back in here. I, I think this is a good move. Uh, I think it, I'm glad to see he's going to get ten days to try it out, and I would not be shocked certainly if he obviously made that team for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, they they're you know, and uh, the the problem with that team in particular is they they don't have any vets. Like they really don't have any veterans to like help them along. It's just no. so many so many young guys and I was really kind of hoping KG would come back this season just to kind of help facilitate that a little bit. And uh, he has not, and it's a bunch of young guys, uh, you know, and and Tim's is, he's going to, he's going to get these guys playing right. But like you said, it's going to, it's a process. They're going to, they're going to have to, they're going to have to do some things, but they do need some veteran players. Uh, Lance Stevenson uh, is now a veteran, yeah, <laughs> which is weird to say. Um, so I'm glad he's there. Um, but biggest thing out of this, man, what a huge blow to lose Zach Levine. I know, yeah. Like he he was like we spoke about this before that you know he was. I think you said he was your favorite for a most improved player, and uh, his stats had had gone up. You know, and he, you know, he was putting in some really good numbers, averaging about three three pointers a game, um, shooting slightly better than he has the last few years. He's he'd been playing very well before he got hurt, and for a guy as explosive as Zach Levine is, um, to to tear your ACL right now, it's just it's really bad timing.
1: It sucks Cause he's you know it's he's twenty one, yeah, and so like. You know, and the way ACLs are now, the way, like, technology it's like, you have to expect he's going to recover, obviously, to win is the big question there, but, yeah, especially for a young team that's putting that core group together, as we just mentioned, with Towns, Wiggins, Levine, Dunn, uh, you can still throw Rubio in there, um, we all know how I feel completely about Ricky Rubio, though, um, but... I think that Levine is, you know, he's so talented, and I was, I was, I was bummed already when he said he wasn't going to go try to get this threepeat for the dunk contest. I understood why he wasn't. Um, my money, by the way, is on that kid from the D League. I watched his tape. That kid's pretty crazy, impressive. Um, but I, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see when he recovers. I still think he's going to be a huge part of this future for this Wolves team. Um, and you know, there's still a chance he might be a future bull. Just saying.
0: Hey, anything could happen, right?
1: But probably not, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I feel like like once Tibbs got the news of Levine's injury, I just feel like Lance Stevenson was a player he asked for by name.
1: Right. (laughs) Get me Lance. That's exactly
2: like when I saw that tweet, I just I heard Tibbs in some like dingy like studio apartment in Minnesota like hang up a red phone after going, get me Lawrence!
1: (laughs) and then he went to complain about like I don't know what was some tips complain about like his meatballs not being like big enough and it going on like a 20 minute tangent after that
2: Well, see, the problem is, Tim, is the spaghetti with the water boils. We can't just rely on the water itself to boil the spaghetti. We've got to be able to get the water salty. And also, we don't want to – a lot of common errors that people make is putting the olive oil on the noodles, which causes the sauce to slip. We can't just rely on the spaghetti. The spaghetti is a crucial point, but it takes everything else on top of the spaghetti. And we got to – I got to (laughs) go.
1: That was amazing. That is the greatest moment in our podcast history.
2: (laughs) Oh, Jesus. What's that say about the
1: podcast? (laughs) I know, right? Oh, that's great, because it's so Tibbs. Like, I'll never forget earlier in the year when they were playing Philly. They were up 30. It was a TNT game. And you could literally, they're up third, you could literally hear him yelling. Like, there was a part where, like, Wiggins didn't get back on defense, I think Covington drove by and got a layup. And they're up huge, it's like four minutes to go in the game, and you just hear him go, God damn it, Wigg! I miss Tibbs
2: yelling from the bench like people miss, like, sleeping next to the train tracks once they move away from them.
1: Dude, you could hear it in Olympic Games, like,
2: on, on
1: internet television broadcasts. Like you can hear it him like yelling. Yeah, like, it was awesome, but yeah, uh, back to where we are. I, I, I agree. Disagree. It's such a blow. Blow to lose Levine. He was having a hell of a year. I did. I did think it was cool though. You kind of saw the Embraer fraternity come out and like everyone tweeted, out him. Like players did, Like they were like, I don't know you personally, but you know, best of luck to you. Can't wait to see you recover, be better than ever. So I did appreciate that. and I thought that was cool to see that these guys still have each other's backs. All right, guys. So. As we're going through all this latest NBA news, I feel like it's been like two weeks since we've done a show with everything we're touching on. And one other cool thing we have to discuss here is uh we had some we had a legend play his final game in his old state his old arena on Sunday. So while everyone in Boston was gearing up for the Super Bowl, by the way, I was shocked that it was Super Bowl Sunday and the garden was still full. That was so cool. I like I know Celtics fans are like very passionate and awesome. But that just made me like them even more. That they knew like their football team was playing the biggest game of the year, and they still took that afternoon to go to the Garden before the Super Bowl. So I appreciated that.
2: I'm sorry when you said a famous player is playing his last game in a stadium. Feel like you're talking about Charles Oakley getting
1: arrested.
0: <laughs> I thought that too. Yeah, how'd you know?
1: <laughs> that, that was that's where I was getting. Oh. But, <laughs> but of course. Um, Celtics great current L. A. Clipper Paul Pierce played his last re, like, last basketball game of the Garden. Uh, Pierce is you know obviously we all know him as a Celtic and that's all he should be. Uh, we forget about those years in Brooklyn, Washington, and L. A. Because when he, but now he like plays like he hadn't played since New Year's Eve till that like game they let him start. And of course his last shot he ever takes in the Garden with the set, with the game already over besides a few seconds on the clock he hits a three and walks off the court like total cool fashion. Um, I think of Paul Pierce is Among the elite Celtics obviously I think that he's definitely getting his number retired there And he's done a lot of awesome things uh, Obviously his NBA championships there His finals MVP um, Their run with the big three was exciting The fact that he like, stayed there through their horrible years And they were winning 16-17 games a year And then made the moves And he kind of went through the ups and downs Of being a Celtic Kind of always really spoke to me And his legacy obviously you know second all time in scoring in that franchise's history and it's not like it's like a small it's not like it's like the Kings like this is a very obviously like the arguably the most illustrious franchise in sports so Sean you're our historic NBA guy you like looking at things like that and you know when I think of Paul Pierce and like where he stands with Celtics I think of guys like Russell Havlicek and Byrne where do you have them maybe not that high a tier maybe a little lower where do you have them in that state um you know
0: I there's so many numbers that uh, have been have been retired by Boston. Yeah. Um. I think it was it Brian Scalabrini who uh, when he Pollard. What, was Scott Pollard. That's who it was. Who <laughs> when he when he got signed to the uh, championship tier uh, Boston Celtics team from a few years ago, they asked him uh, what number he was going to take and. He said that took sixty six. He took sixty six because he, he quote unquote said all the other fucking numbers have been taken or been retired. <laughs> so it was uh, they've they've won how many championships? Sixteen. Yeah, they've won sixteen championships. Uh, it was kind of. I, I'm always going to kind of look back on that that era. It was. Kind, I, I think. I think putting those three guys together uh, at that time just seemed kind of haphazard at the time because it was just like, let's throw these guys together. Uh, I was, you know, I know me and Alex, we both thought that it wasn't going to work, just throwing them together the way that they did, but they came together quick. Um, And Paul Pierce, you know, he was, you know, he was the glue guy. Yeah, he, he was. He was the glue guy, and he was the he was the guy that, you know, had some consistency with that team. They kind of brought that. And, uh, you know, in terms of all time, I mean, he's not Larry Bird, okay? I can't put him up there with Larry. I'm sorry. I won't do that. I but, get that. Uh, I'm
1: saying for the Celtics alone, not for NBA. For Celtics. For Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I
0: know. I know. But I can't uh, – you know, I, I'd say he's probably – you know, I mean, we're looking at a team that had Kevin McHale, uh, Bill Russell, um, Casey uh, Casey Jones. I mean, it's just it, it's one of those teams that Bob Cousy, uh, Havlicek. You know, Havlicek, exactly. I mean, there's just been so many people. Uh, Don Nelson has his jersey retired there. Um, he's, I, I'd say he's probably top six. That's fair. <laughs> and when I say top six, you know, I'm I'm leaning on six. Right. So um but,
1: but it's the Celtics, you know, you know, so that's like, yeah, like that's glory, I'm, you know. I mean
0: yeah, it is. And I you know, I think uh, him being there for so long uh really kinda helped establish that. I mean he only he only got that one title there, but um you know, it's uh it worked out and uh you know, the the fans of Boston are always gonna love him for that. So, you know, I he's he's been one of the it's been one of the best small forwards of the last 10-15 years, easily. Probably top top five.
1: Alex, what do you think of Paul Pierce? Will we ever be able to like talk about how good of a basketball player is without mentioning the wheelchair?
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's just a nice little accoutrement. But oh no, man. Like Paul Paul Pierce was great. He was just like quietly great. And I remember at points when Boston was really bad, forgetting that he was there. I was like, oh, did Paul Pierce finally leave? And for him to stay there and stay that out, like you don't, you don't see really good players stay on really shitty teams for almost their whole career, and then bounce back, like and and then stay for the good years, and then you know get traded around or whatever. But I mean, he he's kind of like a dying breed of player. I feel like in terms of team loyalty,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, because he talked about. When uh, he got traded to Brooklyn, he's like, yeah, obviously there's no hard feelings. He's like, the good thing was Danny Ainge was in contact with me throughout the whole thing. He's like, so when Kevin and I were getting moved, we knew we were getting moved, but they were keeping us in the loop of how things were going, so like we couldn't be upset.
2: Yeah, it, was, it's, it always felt like there was like a mutual respect there. And I think that was a huge, probably driving fat force in him staying there, and I'm sure him staying there helped just establish that trust. But I, I thought what was really cool was the uh, the Garden's reaction to Paul Pierce making the shot, because it's very seldom you see anyone in the Garden cheer anybody for their another team.
1: Yeah, I know. Unless it's so, uh, Gordon Hayward.
2: Right, it, exactly. It's, it was cool to see, because like when I watched the clip of that shot, I, was, I just kind of sat there, and I'm like, that is not a typical reaction. That is a reaction only Paul Pierce would get right now.
1: Yeah, completely. So give you guys each a second here to say what you think. Um Hall of Famer? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's not even a question, Tim. Really? I agree. Come on.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: Hey. He's he's a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah. Like what just finds like Hall of Famer for basketball anymore? Since like it's not like where it's like, you know, there's NFL Hall of Fame, Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Like that is like the whole sport of basketball. So like I guess that's a little more lenient Whoa. than other sports.
0: What 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 I've been able to gather over the last few years is Dennis Rodman is a Hall of Famer. Robert Ory, not a Hall of Famer. That's what I've
1: gathered. Um and Ben Wallace is about to be one, Trace McGrady is about to be one.
0: Yeah, but ben, ben Wallace is a he's a
1: he's a four-time
0: defensive player of, player of the year. Uh he's a one-time NBA champion, multiple-time all-star, multiple all-defensive teams. He deserves it, especially at the age that he was able to pull off that stuff. Yeah, that's I mean true. he was he was older. Like he was uh, he was one of those kind of throw-in guys, and all of a sudden he became great.
2: I will fight anyone to the death that says Robert Orry is an all as a Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, I know <laughs> that, that is that is the textbook definition of exactly what a Hall of Famer is not.
0: I know, I know,
2: but, it's but like, he made big shots.
0: It's like he all well. It's not that I mean, the guy's got how many rings does he have? Five, six? five or
2: six? Five, yeah, five or six. Because rings? he was on the Spurs
0: and the Rockets and, and the Lakers. And the Rockets and right. the Lakers. I mean, he was a. I mean, he's a glue guy. Yeah, you know. I think his jersey should probably be retired for at least one of those franchises. Honestly, I'm gonna lean with eh.
1: <laughs> the Rockets
0: the rockets i guess yeah i mean i i think he he's a good player he's not a hall of famer but there's people that are always gonna always going to you know you know try to push that argument you know i mean and it i mean i think as time goes on we're gonna see more and more questionable people come up where we're just gonna be like why is he like
2: a lot of that yeah go ahead I was going to say, I think a lot of that is because we kind of romanticize the sure. era of basketball we grew up in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And because I was thinking about this the other day when people were like, just to go with like the halftime show, people were like, I hate Lady Gaga. And it's like, we have a Madonna right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. like, I hate Bruno Mars. It's like, we have a kind of a B plus Michael Jackson. Like, sort the- of you know? Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. just appreciate, let appreciate it and enjoy it. Like we have LeBron and we have yeah. Jimmy Butler and we have yeah. Steph Curry and we have Kevin Durant. Like we should be fucking thankful.
1: I agree. Like, yeah.
2: It just, because we got to watch arguably the greatest person to ever touch a basketball, play basketball, or like we've, you know, we're brought up on bird and magic and things like that. And like that is the epitome of greatness, but we're also constantly told that they're never as good as this. Oh, they're, they're just, the LeBron will never be as good as Jordan. It's like, But if Jordan is, like, ice skating, LeBron is football. Yeah. Like, they're very different players, but they're both very, very, very great. Yes. And I think, we, as, like you said, as time goes on, we'll see what we define as more questionable Hall of Famers, but I think upon reflection, we're going to sit there and be like, oh, shit, that guy was great. I didn't appreciate him, and and when he played, I'm an asshole.
1: In that case, oh. if if Robert Orr is a Hall of Famer, I'm going to start my petition now to get Jamal Mashburn, Antoine Walker, and Penny Hardaway in. Let's Robert do this.
2: Old, and I'm an asshole.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, I think if like
0: you know Horace Grant was playing now, you know, and he, yes, you know, we have
2: Josh Gibson. I, 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 I,
0: I know, but we if we had Horace Grant on a on a winning team. Uh, you know, all star. You know, you know he might be someone. I think down the line, like if he was playing in this era, he might be somebody who would be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Just, you know, just because of his skill set and everything. But uh, you know, I I don't know, man. It's uh, you know. There's a there's a weird br- – the NBA right now is much better than it was in the oh God, early yes. 2000s.
2: It's, a, it's completely different, too.
0: It is, and I think the early 2000s is going to be one of those eras – I mean, for me, it was the most unentertaining, uninspired era of of NBA basketball. I mean, it, it should have just been Kings versus Lakers because that's really all that mattered <laughs> it when, was, when yeah. it came down to it. Those guys were the best two teams, even with Allen Iverson and – Jason Kidd on the Nets and all that; those two were like the best teams. But besides that, the league was really watered down, and it was man, it was weird. Ooh.
1: Yeah, that like post that post Jordan pre Lebron era of like, don't be wrong. Like you said, you named those birds, and there's the Vince Carter's and Tracy McGrady's. And oh those yeah. guys were yeah. awesome. Those guys were very yeah. good ball players. But like, yeah, you're like, uh, oh, so the Lakers won again, huh? Okay, yeah, the Spurs yeah. won. All right. There's some there's some
0: gems in there, and like you said, like T Mac and Vince were two of them. You know, we could throw Yao in there, sure. um, stuff like that. I mean, there's some there's some good players from that era, but I mean, it it right now, I mean, the NBA is just uh, we're at like a really high talent level right now with all these players who can shoot the ball, you know, regardless of what position they play. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, we've got high flyers. We've got a lot of high flyers in the NBA right now. Uh, Tons of three-point shooters. I mean, it's it's a really fun game right now.
1: Well, we also haven't seen, like, in a while, and I know, like, there's a couple flag bearers, but we haven't seen, like, that second-round pick for a long time that really elevates. And obviously, like, right now, Draymond... Is obviously, I mean, one of the best defense players in the league. Could potentially win defense player of the year, player of the year this year. Um, you can't talk about second round draft picks without talking about Isaiah Thomas and how awesome he has been every single night. Every what night he a show. And like you know, like the talent level across the street to go. To further Alex's point is like, yes, let's be thankful and let's not compare what we have currently to what we had because this is excellent. This is fun. Yes, there are super teams out there, and that does kind of like make things annoying if you're not a fan of those teams. But at that same point, like you can look at every NBA roster, maybe besides Brooklyn and besides Denver. No disrespect to our boy Ryan Blackburn, and say, "Holy shit, that guy's awesome! I'm gonna watch that guy play every night and enjoy it." Yeah, I think I, I think I nailed it because I love Brook Lopez, but I don't turn on League Pass to watch Brooke Lopez. Nobody is right.
0: Nobody is. They're uh, they're a sad team right now. <laughs> but let's- not quite it. A- not quite as entertainingly bad as the Knicks are.
1: Right. <laughs> but, you know. Charles Oakley, you know. <laughs> Dudes, speaking of teams on the up and up, exciting teams to watch, awesome players. We had an incredible, incredible game between two Eastern Conference teams Monday night. Uh, as Cleveland faced Washington in D.C. And it was... Just an awesome game. So many twists and turns. Just a game that, if you watch the whole thing, you're on the edge of your seat. So much back-and-forth play. Um, and, of course, you know, you see LeBron miss the go-ahead layup. And you're thinking, holy hell, we're going to hear about this. Because that's what always happens to him whenever he has, makes a mistake. John Wall goes down and hits some free throws to put them up three. And there's literally two seconds to go. And Kevin Love is like the best outlet pass I've seen in a long time. To LeBron, who hits a who banks a three and to tie of the game with point three seconds ago, they go to overtime. LeBron fouls out. Kyrie's had a horrible game the whole night. Wall and Beal are killing it. Otto Porter's hitting shots. Kelly Oubre is making plays. Gore in that pick and roll is perfect that game. And Kyrie takes over and, win, and like, has a huge game. Kyle Korver hits big shots, guys. That might have been the game of the year so far. Um, and the story I know is going to be about the Cavaliers and another win. Uh, so I'm gonna have a couple points I want to mention on this game. One, I really hope the Wizards are the four seed so we get this playoff matchup because seven games of this <clears> I am all four because it would be a blast. I don't know if it would make it seven games, but the thought of it and if the it's gonna be awesome. Two, I really like this Wizards team. We all know I love Wall and I think Wall's awesome. Um, but you know I I love Bradley Beal and then I think Oubre is gonna you know a really good up and coming player and I really like uh, what Otto Porter's turned into this year. Uh, I liked Gortov for a while. Uh, I think we mentioned before we liked him better, maybe his days of backing up Dwight in Orlando or in Phoenix, where he was a lot better, obviously. But I honestly feel like when I look at this Wizards team and I look at what they did that night, um, I think they might be one or two players away. And obviously there's those rumors of Boogie and Wall getting back together, whether that be, be in Washington or Sacramento, wherever that may be. But... I um, I really like what Washington's building. I love Scott Brooks as a coach there. I thought he got a little bit of a raw deal in OKC when he got let go, but I, I think that this is a team that maybe if they can get another big acquisition, they might be able to make a run at this and win a series or two.
0: Yeah, this is a this is a fun matchup, no doubt. Um, I think uh, you know Wall and Kyrie going at it is great. Um, you know, the only thing that's kind of missing from uh, the Wizards, they need they need some quality big men.
1: Yeah,
0: they got the guards, man. They got the guards. Uh, and Otto Porter Jr. is doing great. Um, but you know, I don't know though. I don't know if they could they could push a series like that that far. It might have just I don't know. It could have just it, to me. It was it it was I, I watched the highlights it looked like a fun game and everything but I just you know is it a flute game or is this is this a wizards team that's ready to buckle down and finally do some damage you're right though they get boogie they're Jesus right that's 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 the number two seed right there that might be the number one seed I don't know depending how well they're coached that season you know but um uh, that'd be fun the East is you know. Besides the Cavs, it's it's wide open. So why not?
1: It's getting better though. Like I, I just yeah, to... yeah it is it is Boston's it is. Boston's really good. Like if you watch Cel- if you watch consistent Celtics games, they're not they are. They're the Isaiah Thomas show. I get it, um, but he's so good and he he wins a lot of games for them. Um, we've all talked about how we like what the Raptors are building. So I don't know if I'm ready to say watch. I think right now tech. I think and Atlanta's playing well. So I think right now Washington, and Atlanta are battling for the that four five. If I have if I have my standings correct, so I'm starting to think guys, as I watch like these all these these teams and the things are getting better. Are these four? And I know you could probably throw Kemba Walker in there. You could probably say that you know, that's the five best point guards in the East between Wall, Irving, Isaiah, Lowry, and Kemba. Um, and I know a lot of people love Kyrie, myself included. He's the an unbelievable shooter, one of the best shooters this game has. I think that I might, if I had to pick a team as far as picking my point guard, I think he might be my fourth pick between that group. I don't know who I'd pick. Maybe be Isaiah or Wall between one and two, uh, as much as I like Lowry. But I, I, I think that I prefer those two, those two players, honestly, to Kyrie. Uh, because, one, like, Wall is just so fast and can do so many things in the court. And Isaiah is such a great shooter, and we know what he does in the fourth quarter. I don't think Kyrie's hit his potential yet, but I think right now I might take one of those guys as a better player. Am I wrong?
2: No, I mean, Kyrie's the spotlight player, right? I mean, out of those guys, he was the one that went to Duke. He's the one that's playing with LeBron. He's the one that just won the championship. He was the one that replaced LeBron when LeBron went to Miami. Like, Kyrie has perpetually, his whole career, has spent it in the spotlight. So I think his name's out there more. So it's, it's as we've said before, the NBA kind of is powered by popularity in a way. And I think Kyrie and, and benefits from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think Wall's the better point guard. I'm just, yeah. he's he's, Kyrie. Kyrie's great, and he's gotten better. He's really improved his shooting over the last couple of seasons, and uh, you know, I I don't know, man. I'd, I'd like to see Wall get some help.
1: I agree, and um, yeah, I think that like I think the East is getting a lot better, and people give her credit. And I think that, you know, the the quality of play is completely different than the West, obviously, but I am excited to see what those young guys continue to do with their careers because I don't think any of them are going to go away anytime soon either. That brings us to, guys, some quick final things to look at. And, guys, when we talk about games, there's only one game that truly matters this week. I know we've already gotten this matchup twice this year, and I know that we've included the Warriors in this segment quite a bit, but Saturday night... Prime time on ESPN, which is awesome. I love the NBA's getting Saturday night Prime Time. You know, for everyone that's home on a Saturday night, of course. Um <laughs> not many people, I assume. But it's on a bars, so you can watch it there. Kevin Durant returns to Chesapeake Arena to play the former beloved team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um obviously if you've kept up with this at all, Golden State's destroyed Oklahoma City both times they've played already. Um, I don't think that this game's going to be much different game-wise. So it's not really going to be a quality game for a game of the week. But what's going to be awesome is how loud Kevin Durant is undeservedly booed and destroyed by that crowd every time he touches the ball. Like, I don't think it's going to be as bad as when LeBron went back to Cleveland for the first time with the Heat by any stretch. But I don't think it's going to be good. There might be like two people standing up and clapping. But I have a feeling that Kevin Durant's going to hear it all. Friggin' night.
2: More like Kevin Boo rant. right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that'll be an okay game to see. Okay, I'm gonna stop.
1: <laughs> we know what's gonna happen. Sure. Now, does he go? Like, cause you remember that game going back when, like, Miami went to Cleveland and those that crowd was booing LeBron. That, you know, the Akron hatred chant, the Scottie Pippen chant. He dropped 38 that night. Similar performance for Durant here, maybe 42, maybe a little more?
0: We'll see. I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd let him have it. If the crowd was booing me the whole game <laughs> and I was as good as Kevin Durant, I would just go for it. You know, I'd go for 50.
1: It's going to be just like when the, the United Center booed Derek Rose.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'd re- I'd rather just boo his knees.
1: <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> Your legs suck. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Alright guys, I think on that note we've touched of our quick final quick topics here at the end of the night. So, Sean starting with you, your thoughts here. The Boston Celtics apparently have a plan according to WoJ that if they cannot get Jimmy Butler away from the Chicago Bulls, their next target, Paul George. Think it can happen?
0: Oh man, you always forget about Paul George. I don't think so at all. I don't think Indiana Indiana, is going to give him up by any means because he's their. Uh, I mean, they don't want to go back to that weird Michael Dunleavy era, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, a guy for a guy who's like completely destroyed his his leg and come back, he's playing pretty well. I think uh, two draft picks for him is actually a. Uh, I don't know. If I was Indiana, I
1: I might think about it. (laughs) Am I crazy? If they get two draft picks. Two two of Brooklyn's draft picks. For Mm. Paul George, then Boston totally wins that trade. Alex. Yeah. Last tough cheer. Are you stoked for this? I know you're stoked because we're stoked. We all love this guy in Chicago and every other team he's played for. Nate Robinson is back in American professional basketball after playing a year in Israel, as he has been claimed by the NBA's D League team for the Delaware 87ers, I believe they're called. Do I have that right? Yes. Awesome. Yes. So, Alex, we already gave you a chance to talk about Lance Stevenson, but you get to talk about Nate Robinson in the same show?
2: What kind of world am I living in right now?
1: The best world.
0: The uh, past
2: world. <laughs> Jesus, right? No, uh, I, I, I'm i hoping that maybe Philly's test-driving him to see how he's playing, if, maybe before they sign him. But uh, I think a few eyes are going to be on Nate and how he does in the D-League. I mean, we got D-League Steph Curry down there and Denzel Valentine, so who knows how Nate's going to do.
1: And then we, have, of course, have one more rig for All-Star Weekend, so we have a lot... We're going to touch on next week as we get to talk about the All Star Game and preview what stuff. Uh, I'm excited. Heading,
2: heading into the All Star break, I do have a couple notes. I have I have three things I want to give shout outs to before we wrap up.
1: All right. The Miami
2: Heat have won 11 straight. Dion Waiters, yes. baby. They are still really nowhere near playoff condition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Brooklyn Nets often panned on the show. This is no different. They have not won a home game in 2017. <laughs> and I want to say congratulate. I want to say congratulations to Demarcus Cousins for acquiring his 16th technical and earning himself a day off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's awesome! So, oh, dude, dude, dude. That's so. I'm so glad you brought that up so I can do the shit with this. Please tell me you guys saw after they beat. So, one, when they beat Golden State last week, he literally tried to get the whole entire Warriors team thrown out of the game. Like, literally was begging the ref to throw out Draymond and KD at the same time. And then, two... When they win the game, they're going to the crowd. There's, like, this huge thing, I guess, that leads to, the, like, the King's locker room in their new arena where fans can, stay, like, stand there and hang out. This guy's wearing a Kevin Durant jersey. He walks up to him, gives him both middle fingers and says, Fuck Golden State, and then walks right into the locker room.
2: What a shit starter. <laughs>
1: I know. Dude, Boogie's a national treasure.
2: I love Boogie. <laughs> Man. I feel like him and Nixon would have gotten along. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I I 100% agree. And, guys, on that note, let's go ahead and wrap up this week's installment of the Corner 3 podcast, as next week we're going to get you ready for All-Star Weekend and give our picks on who's going to win the skills competition. And who knows, we might even pick the game for the game of the week. Hail Hayward. (laughs) Everyone, enjoy the week of hoops. Can't wait to touch on you guys next week. Have a good night. See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new
1: website at thecorner3.net.